you want basketball, we got you. What about plays on the turf? We got you covered. Or maybe even a knock right out of the park. We give you our takes on the latest sports news, music, and anything training around the world. You are now in the clutch with Mia and Malik. What is going on, y'all? It's episode five. Episode five. We are in the clutch. In the clutch. With Nia. Emily. Nia. I don't know what to say anymore, man. (laughs) Boy, I... Yo, I I said that we needed a pre-production staff, and I seriously mean it now. This is... This is a fake for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We um we had a couple of technical difficulties before we kicked off this official and final episode five copy, but we good now. We yeah, here. We straight. We, we straight. We a couple hiccups. Yeah, yeah. My backdrop was beating me up. Uh, literally. No, literally. It really was, y'all. Uh, Malik has some little microphone issues, but guess what? We here. And that's what makes us stronger. Yes, it's, that's it's what builds character. Adversity, yes. yes. Adversity builds character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Humbling, humbling experiences. Man, yeah, we got humbled real quick, too. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, you know, we got some good stuff today for y'all, man. Uh, I, Some really good stuff. Some some good updates, Uh, some crazy things, but we're not going to go too far. Uh, Let's... Let's start off with Clutch Update, Nia. Let's go. Clutch Update. Let's get it. Okay, guys. First on the list. The biggest thing that happened this past weekend. Disney World in Orlando has emerged as the clear front runner. Clear front runner as the location for the NBA's return this summer. Nia, we are almost there. Mm-hmm. So close. So close. How you feel about it? I'm excited. Um, I know there's a lot of things that they have to take into consideration with they're trying to figure out, of course, if they're going to kick off with just playoffs or finish out the season. Um, then you have to take into consideration with players traveling to their marketplace cities, uh, training camps, if it makes sense for players to even travel back to their marketplace cities or just go straight to the bubble site. Um, and I get it. I see it from both sides, but it is going to be kind of an inconvenience for a lot of people because it's like, okay, players who maybe play for the Nets or the Knicks, you got them going back to New York where the, it's the epicenter for the coronavirus. You know, you have your overseas players who are trying to figure out what they're going to do. You got to think about the Raptors, you know, going back to Canada for training camp. Not to mention, you're going to have to quarantine when you get to your training camp. And then when you get to the bubble site, you got to quarantine yourselves again. So it's a lot. Um, And then, of course, on top of that, the biggest question is, what is the NBA going to do? Are they going to continue on um, and pick up where the season left off at? Or are they going to kick off for playoffs? Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a lot. Because right now, you have all these players. They're probably not even 
and their playing sites right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're probably scattered all across the world right now. So you have to get them to where they were originally playing. I heard that they might do a, maybe a two-week training camp there. Mm-hmm. Then you have to move them to Orlando. That's another risk. So it's basically risk on top of risk. You never know. So then you got to move them there for training camp for uh, two weeks. And then that's I guess that's where the season uh, starts after that. Um, I know one thing that was really questionable for me is I know Disney World, the complex is really popular, but oh yeah, I only heard it's only about three arenas. Um, I mean, and a lot it's a lot of hotels that these players can stay at, so living is not a problem. But these arenas, it's three arenas, about what thirty teams. Um, how are you gonna be? How are you gonna be able to fit all these teams in these three arenas? I mean. We're gonna have a one o'clock game and three o'clock game, seven o'clock. Like it's, it's gonna be a lot. So what I from what I remember when I used to play at the Wide World Sports, um, you know, shout out to all the NBA players whose careers, basketball careers, have started there because that's where yes, mine sir. started traveling, playing AAU. We were in Orlando every year, um, and I know how the way they did it for us. And of course, they're probably not gonna do this for the NBA, but this is just a hypothetical kind of way of my thinking is that. I know that for us, yes, it was, I think it was maybe like three arenas, but they had a lot of courts, if that makes sense. Okay. So it's okay. not just like one big, it's not just one big court. Um, they do, I know from what I remember, they do have the main arena and it has that one full court. And then behind it, it's like, it can be multiple courts. I don't okay. think they'll do it that way because that is just, that's, that's like a AU. It's a lot. And who wants to play all at the same time? I don't think yeah. they'll do it that way. Um, but that's where it falls under where how are they going to do the season? Because it's like if you do the full – if you if you pick up from where you left off at, um, then you got to think about time slots. Yeah. Um, players coming in at certain times. Where are they going to play? Uh-huh. It's going to be televised. It's just, it's so many things that you so have much. to think about. Uh, but if they go that route, there there are plenty of courts. They just separate them all off. Um, but I don't think they would do it that way because that's just tournament style play. And yeah. it will be, it will be stupid. Because the only thing that's really going to be separating them is a, like a net, right? I mean, it's, it, it'll be the little the little backdrop yeah Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i don't know that's gonna be really funny it's gonna be a lot i know what used to mess us up when we were playing uh and they did you know the split the courts or whatever you would hear Mm -hmm. the ref blow the whistle but it could be from a whole different game and then you're stopping in the middle of the game everybody's yelling at you keep going keep going it wasn't that rough so i don't know it's 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 a lot probably going to be something like the summer league where they have Mm -hmm. the game and then you got the other two teams waiting outside the edge, trying, yeah. trying to wait to the next game. So, and then I guess it's going to be like that. So all four teams probably going to be just dapping each other up. Like, okay, man, next game, you know, all right, all that good stuff. But I know that Shams of the Athletic, he, um, he posted like a poll that they were, that the GMs and the coaches were giving. And it's a diff- different type of formats, I guess, today that they plan on, um, doing so the first one was advanced directly to the playoff like you said um they have a new playoff plus option where it says expanding the number of teams with the opportunity to play either through holding a play-in tournament to determine the final seeds to be played by the bubble teams 
or replace the first round of the playoffs with a group stage. I don't know how that's going to go. Then you have just resume the regular season with all 30 teams. And then you have resume the, 30, resume the regular season with the 30 teams plus the play-in option. And then you have another playoff plus play-in option. So a lot of different things. But the biggest concern for me is this whole should, – should they skip straight to the playoffs or should they just – do some regular season games and then go to the playoffs. Okay. They, they should do some regular season games and then go to the playoffs because um, I know that you had stated that basically we have to think about the teams who are neck and neck. Oh, we're yeah. taking those seeds as well. We didn't even have an established, like who is, you know, sure. top seed through the AC. So, and you know, if they do something where they're like, oh, well, we're going to base off of, you know, the points and what you've done before the season was, you know, interrupted, yeah. uh, I would hate for them to base it off of, well, this player, this, this team lost to this team and they had this many points, so they're able to go because yeah. that can happen too. Um, but if they can do some regular seasons, like those teams that we know are, are – competing for the eighth seed or seventh spot or wherever they should be the ones that are playing minus you know no shade but like the Knicks no reason for you to go Hawks no reason for you to go I mean it just wouldn't make any sense because what are you competing for right so it's like fewer teams fewer players fewer staff the less people there are to contract this virus Granted, it's still going to be a lot of people, but you got all 30 teams there. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, like you said, some of these teams really don't have anything to play for. Like you you said, the Knicks, Cleveland got 19 wins, Mm -hmm. Uh, Atlanta 20. I mean, they're no way catching up to that A spot with Orlando with 30. Mm -hmm. Um, I know two things. The first thing. They don't have to play some regular season. If they if they skip straight to the playoffs, they're gonna have to they have to get some games in because if we if we do skip straight to there, that first round is probably gonna be horrendous. That first game, it's probably gonna be the highest score is probably gonna be like 60. Because yeah. there's there's no you have to get in a groove. You mm-hmm. training camp and the real game are two different things. Yeah, and I, I don't mention, I haven't played, but I know it just makes it, it's it's common sense. Not to mention you went three months without playing. You know exactly. And there's there are some players who aren't really fortunate enough to say, hey, I have a gym in my backyard, so I'm just gonna go play there. You know, um, and I'm not saying that no player hasn't been working out, but you just, you don't know, you don't know. So you have to get those players back into basketball shape. Um, and it's just a different type of in shape. You can train yeah. and work out by yourself all day, but that basketball in shape, it's always different. So you're right. That's a great point, um, to say that it may be a very low scoring game. Those first couple of games. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of in yeah. shape, have you seen, um, you seen James Harden? Those pictures recently? Wow. I, he looks very thin. The bubble gut is gone. Yeah. He looks he looks pretty thin. Maybe he's just been burning it off. Walking. All his weight went this beard, because that beard is that beard bad. Yeah, I don't know God. if I don't know if that was the sun reflecting off his beard, 
but it looked like some gray. Maybe it was the sun reflecting off his beard, but they're like some gray in his beard. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not because he's what, like, in his, like, what, 30, 31? So it's mm-hmm. probably not. Maybe I'm tripping. I mean, it could be, though. It could be. I mean, we've seen LeBron. I mean, LeBron oh, yeah. has, LeBron he has like a lot a, of gray in his beard. Yeah, uh, like a caveman. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's, look, embrace it. That means you're wise. True. Means your wise. So um the NBA teams, they are expecting some guidelines around June first for mm-hmm. their return. So and I also heard that they're having a call on Friday to see any further. I mean, they're probably gonna come up with some more things this Friday. So mm-hmm. it's we're getting there. It's close. It's definitely yep. close. Yep. And I know that the buzz is is that they wanna start uh back the season around mid-july july 15th ish so um i mean you got the whole month of june to work out get in shape yeah have that time to quarantine those players and we'll just see but hey at least we're closer to some basketball coming back right do you think that they should interfere with the nfl season starting september or whenever it starts they're not gonna have no choice but to though they're not going to have any choice but to. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of commissioners and presidents and GMs or whoever, I know that they'll come up with some type of creative idea to where it doesn't really interfere with one another and the ratings. Um, but at this point, you're going to have to do what you got to do to salvage the season. Yeah, true, true. So. It is what it is. So I know one thing though. Um, LeBron James, he said, "Y'all not stopping me from doing this. Y'all not mm-hmm. stopping me from uh, striving for greatness. I got the first seed. I got a good team around me. I'm getting older. We gonna get this work in now." Yeah, yeah. And he then already started holding these private uh, workouts with his teammates. And it's it's really it's really weird how he's doing. I think he's doing it with just two players at a time. Yep, one or two. So players. and I think. Those players are coming in and getting tested. So everything is good. So LeBron know mm-hmm. LeBron is a great guy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, he's doing what he gotta do. If he's if he's doing safe, if he's taking safe protocols and he's making sure that they come in, they practice social distancing, um, they get tested. You have one or two people, I mean, it wouldn't hurt anybody. I mean, gosh, yeah. at least he's not out at the club or something. Yeah, um, true. but I mean, California governor, his, the governor, he said that um, there could be pro sports back in the state nearly as the first week of June. So, yeah. I mean, if anybody's mad at LeBron for doing what he's supposed to do with his team, then, I mean, right. look, we got more things to be upset about. And yeah. somebody who's trying to get his team back together, get everybody back in shape, to me, that shows leadership within him. You know, getting right. his teammates together and saying, hey, guys, if you feel comfortable, I'm doing workouts. At blah 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 blah. Let's get right and let's be ready. Capelli. Yeah, let's be one step ahead of the game because I know they want it. So if you want yeah. something, you're gonna you're gonna make sure you make it happen. So and he's not the only one that's that's trying to make it happen because uh I also heard the Clippers are holding private workouts, so they're mm-hmm. not playing as mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. this this is this is great. Yeah, I mean I'm sure it's it's Ugh. been happening. It's just the fact that True. now it's been surface but yeah. i'm sure that this has been going on um and it, like i said backlash Probably yeah i mean if if you got something negative to say about 
teams doing what they're supposed to do to make sure that everyone's in shape, then I, I don't know. It's not like they're having a full on all five on five and they're in the, they're in the gym. They're not getting tested. They're not practice social distancing. They're not doing none of that. Because like I said, we got more things to worry about than somebody making sure that their team makes it to playoffs. Thanks. Hey man, get your workout in, man. No, for real. Get it rolling. So (laughs) the NBA is not the only pro sports team. I mean, pro sports that is uh coming back. We got the NCAA. Mm -hmm. They voted to allow the campus on campus athletic activities to resume in football and men's and women's basketball starting June Mm first. So the NCAA has followed the NBA. So I think. I think he's gonna keep adding on, adding on, adding on. I think yeah, good too. And I guess everybody is is making sure that they follow those protocols. They're wiping mm-hmm. stuff down. Um, from what I read, I mean, Louisville, the first ACC school to allow workouts. Right. I know that they're not even allowing their players to even shower after workouts. Yeah, what? yeah. So you know, if they're doing a lot of deep cleaning. People have to get tested. You gotta practice social distancing, um, and I mean, if if that's what they have to do to ensure safety, I mean, I don't know what a shower is. I don't know. I thought that would maybe be a good I, I thing. I thought that's you supposed to. There, uh, from what I read, is that they are not allowing players to shower at facilities, public facilities, which is stupid to me because it's like, wouldn't you? want to directly but hey uh but louisville being the first acc school to allow workouts starting june 8th um of course they became the first in the acc uh like i said earlier protocols coronavirus testing um to try and ensure safe environment um some students will return next week and uh yeah it's about 30 football players 15 men's and women's basketball players i think i from what i read it was like 60 olympic uh trainees um and yeah i don't know they'll be required to quarantine for 11 days before they get back in the gym or on the field okay so that's smart Good. um and i know that everybody's confused right now because they're like 11 days well uh, actually a report just came out not too long ago saying that um 11 days is actually now the standard time to quarantine yourself. And it's not 14 days anymore, apparently. So knocked it down to three, knocked it, knocked three days down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, at one point we are going to have to go back to, you know, our normal lives Yeah. and at least try and figure some things out. Um, But I know that it is rigorous for a lot of schools to get, their players in for summer workouts, football, getting back in for training camp and yeah, all that stuff. So I'm sure everyone else will follow after this. Good stuff, man. This is yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Starting to feel happy again. <laughs> when this stuff started, man, oh my gosh. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. It was a mess. I couldn't believe it. It was going on, you know, like a world without sports. What? Crazy. March Madness is canceled. The Olympics. March Madness. The Olympics. March Madness. The Olympics. 
Seriously? And we were stuck with we were stuck with the last dance. Nothing wrong with that, because it's a great thing. That was that was a great documentary for for the people watching, like the fans. But maybe not Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. Oh. They they have some problems with how yeah. they were portrayed in this. Yeah. And Horace Grant had himself, boy, he wasn't having it. He went he on it out. He, went, he went on an interview and was going off. Yeah. He Talk, laid it he, out. He called MJ a snitch. A lot all of that. He said it's a so-called, so-called documentary. But you know what? It's crazy, Malik, because, and I know we talked about this last week a little bit with E, and basically we are now able to soak in and kind of reflect on this documentary. Uh All the different things that we didn't know what happened, all the different things that have been brought to light, right? all the different things that, that Michael has faced, all the trials and tribulations the Chicago Bulls have faced. Um, and you know what? Horace made a good point to, to, from what I saw, is the fact that it was told from, from Michael's ang- angle. Sure. He had the utmost control as to how this documentary was going to be put out. And, you know, I think it is foul that you basically done went – your rookie season and you went in the hotel room and saw your teammates with Coke and women and, and, and alcohol and whatever else. And you, you know, trying to paint yourself as if I wasn't involved. I wasn't there. Yeah. You, you throwing people under the bus. And I mean, honestly, now that I'm sitting back and I'm reflecting like granted, yes, I still think it was a great documentary. It was very entertaining for sure. But now that we are seeing it from the other sides, as if, Michael had sole control over this documentary. He was the one that greenlighted it. If he yeah. didn't greenlight it, it wasn't going to go through. It didn't matter if Scottie Pippen greenlighted it and, or Horace greenlighted it or Steve Kerr. All it matters was if Michael Jordan said, let the documentary fly, it was going to come out. And yeah. he was going to do everything in his power to make sure. I mean, you know, he added a little a little thing, a little stuff in there with the gambling and everything. I mean, a little. That was for one episode, but as far as the bigger picture, mm-hmm. this was all about Jordan and his rise. And yeah, you know, I think Scotty got Scotty got an episode. Dennis got an episode, but other than that, I mean, it was all about him. this. Was the Michael Jordan documentary, not the nineteen ninety eight Chicago Bulls documentary? And you know what? It would have been a different story if it was just specifically focused on Michael. Yeah. Even though it, te- it technically was. But if maybe if it... I, I just think, and now, like I said, now that I'm thinking about it now, when we think of The Last Dance, there's so many other people involved. It's not yeah. just Michael Jordan. Right. It's teammates, GMs, coaches, everybody. And so when you tell a documentary about that last season, that last dance, you want everybody's input. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't blame Horace for being upset um, because he's upset that he's still, Michael has a grudge against him as if like there's still an issue. And Horace basically said, anytime I see him, he ain't got nothing to say. When I leave, you want to keep 
doing this, but then when I come around, you don't want to post up. So, how, how about you just say it to my face? But the moment I turn my back, you got the most to say. Like, I'm a snitch. I told Sam Smith to write that because I'm good friends with Sam Smith. But you sitting here putting your teammates under the bus as if you were just this angel. Yeah. Because if they were to highlight any of Michael's real, like the real Michael Jordan, and granted, yes, they basically laid it out how he used to talk crazy to everybody. And Horace said that too, that, you know, he got away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Talking crazy to people. But it made I it mean, seem like uh it made it seem like they were just taking it, but Horace was talking about like they, they were going back at him. So yeah. they didn't show that part either, really. Yeah, and you know what? And even Horace, well, other than Steve Kerr, they showed Steve Kerr. Um, because I don't think anybody would imagine Steve Kerr like even getting into a physical altercation with anybody. But then Horace pointed out something that I didn't even think about at one point. He said that Michael's personal relationships or close relationships with his closest friends have deteriorated over the years because Michael doesn't like for people to criticize him or tell him about himself. He, he don't want to hear the truth about himself. Yeah. So take it back from Charles Barkley. When he criticized him about his management with, at the time, Bobcats, the Hornets. Which was Michael true. ain't like that. Yeah, it, it's the truth. So it's like, how can you be upset with people for telling your friends? Yeah. So you're going to stop talking to me? So and I then, don't know. Yeah. And then he talked about, because him and, him and Scotty, they came in as rookies at the same, the same time, rode the same plane together to Chicago. And he said that really just, their friendship kind of just separated as well because he thought that Scotty and MJ were getting this special treatment and everybody else was just left for dead, basically just on the side. And he felt like every, everybody should have been treated equally. Mm -hmm. He felt like if Michael Jordan played 48 minutes, Hey, feel free, let me get 48 minutes, which I don't mm. really agree with, but mm -mm. I mean, you know, everybody has their own little beliefs or whatever, but yeah, I mean, and I know uh, people are saying that, Scottie Pippen has felt some type of way. I personally haven't. I've been trying to look for some stories or something from him personally with, quote, saying how he felt. But all I'm hearing is from second sources, third party right, sources. Right. You really can't believe that stuff. You don't really know that until he actually comes out. So, mm -hmm. But, yeah, this is, this is definitely some crazy stuff. Who would have thought that this documentary would have got some backlash? Oh, I like knew it this. was going to get – but I knew it was going to get backlash. I knew it. And it's, I think it's crazy because – you know, a lot of people are like, well, why are they wait until now to say something? But it's like, they watched it just like all of us at home watched it. Yeah. You know, sure. nobody knew what was actually going to be put together. You could have had some moments where you had a talking head and you were able to share your side, but a lot of things were cut out. Right. A lot of things still haven't been told. A lot of stories. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, so I promise you that this is not going to be the end of this documentary, you know? Like, there's going to be some more things come out. And, hey, don't be shocked if somebody tries to have another documentary and tell the God honest truth of what really was going on. 
a documentary against Michael Jordan. Oh man, man, look, he's gonna he, take that personal. I mean, but then at this point, what else can you do? <laughs> I mean, Michael, you're retired, so I mean, who? I don't know. I'm not even gonna say that because who knows what he's capable of doing. But it's just like you can't think that you was gonna throw your teammates under the bus and nobody wasn't gonna say anything. And he probably think he'd uh what what did Reggie Miller call him? Black Jesus. The black Jesus. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants to do. But I mean, hey, when you when you are the greatest player in the world, okay, honestly, you can go do whatever you want to do. Yeah. That, that, that's how society treats you. So we have to think about all the, the good treatment, all of the things that people have put behind them of what Michael sure. has done. And I mean, that just like when you said Scottie Pippen and him had this good treatment, you know, but yeah. when you the star player, I'm sorry, there's going to be favoritism. What else do you expect? You're yeah. not going to get the same treatment. I'm you sorry. You're about to get the same treatment. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but yeah. Yeah. in reality, y'all didn't expect Michael to be treated like a six man. I mean, come on, let's, let's be real here. Let's be real. So I understand Horace's frustration. I get it. The fact that he's still being blamed for uh, being the sole responsibility of Sam Smith's um, book. We got to cop that. Yeah, no, seriously, we do. We do. But yeah, I mean, hey, Horace laid it out. I mean, I was. He was probably I, mad the whole time, honestly. I could, he was furious. <laughs> he was furious. Probably threw his remote at the TV and everything. Man, I can't believe this. And you know they all probably got a group message or whatever, and they probably just talking about it amongst themselves. But I'm telling you, like, they're not about to just let this narrative about this team, you know, seem yeah, as... be shaped around Jordan. Yeah, no, no, like they're Jesus. not going to let that happen. So y'all be, y'all be prepared because something else is coming. Don't know what, but it's coming. <sighs> On to some more legends. On to some more legends. Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady, they had a 2v2 Capital One golf match mm -hmm. on Sunday. And I'm not big on golf, but I was just there. I was really just there for Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, man. That, that's, I like that idea. They should really keep doing that. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I know, I know Tom Brady has some, has some tricks up his sleeve. He tried to pull mm -hmm. out a, uh, the Tennessee mascot on Peyton Manning and was like, you know, Tennessee, they really ain't been good since you left uh, Payne. It was Payne, Payne wasn't having that. He, mm -mm. he wasn't having that. He was about his golf game on Sunday. Yeah. Tom tore his pants. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if this ain't the most Brady thing ever, I don't know what is. And you know it what? Was, it was fun. That, it couldn't have happened to a better person. Yeah. I don't care. I, I love Tom Brady, I like I like his play, but I just like to see him lose sometimes, and mm -hmm. that felt good. Mm -hmm. He almost they almost came back though. They yeah. almost came back, but Payman wasn't having that. Payman was like, you know, I had you on the football field. I'm gonna have you here too. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have you golf match. Mm -hmm. He did have him on the football field. But one thing that really stuck to my head was at the end. Tom Brady said, he said. You know, this is basically said, this is nothing, you know. I'm just going to go back to my day one job. 
Y'all can have this. And um, he's going to have himself a, a documentary too, Nia. Nine he's, not even, he's not even done. He's not done playing, but Tom Brady gets the documentary. How does Tom Brady get a documentary? Privilege. I don't understand. I, I'm going to watch it. I know I'm going to watch it. But I don't know if I'm going to be truly interested in seeing it. Like, besides him getting caught with the deflate gate, what, what has he been through his career? Like, now, if they were to highlight his the beginning of his career, I think it's incredible from where he came. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And then it's like, I and and you know, granted, he's he's a funny guy on Twitter. I just, I don't know. I don't think he would be as appealing. No. Now, am I gonna watch it? Yeah. Is it gonna give me the same feels that the Last Dance gave me? I highly doubt it. Um, because number one. You're not even done. Like you're not done. You're not done. And maybe this could be his last dance. I don't know. I don't know. I doubt it. But it's, it's a, a documentary gotta have a little have gotta have half good, half bad. You know, we gotta have we can't have all good and then a sprinkle of the bad. I mean, Jordan did do that basically, but it was it was bigger than that, I think. Yeah. But this is one we're talking about one player. And now, if we're if we're talking about a couple of years from now, Malik, okay, yeah, all right, cool, we yeah, can, we can get a documentary sure. out of him. But I mean, gosh, you're still playing, man. Like, relax. Yeah, and like since I've been watching, ain't no like really no bad news came out about him or like any like I don't know. It's just I just feel like it's gonna be around his his coattail in this documentary, man. Ain't nothing yeah. gonna be bad gonna be said about him. I mean, yeah, he came back in 28-3. Okay, cool, great. We hear about that every every year. Whatever, man. Yeah. Going on into some WNBA news. So, of course, the WNBA season was supposed to kick off last week last Friday. Um, but of course, unfortunately, due to circumstances, we all know that they were not able to start on time. Well, they get paid starting June 1st. And really around this time, once training camp and, you know, those preseason games start, that's when players are being able to be evaluated yeah. off of their skill sets, if they're able to help this team, or do they need to get cut? Things are going to be a little different this year. Um, the WNBA and the Players Union decided that the teams will have to get their rosters under the salary cap by Tuesday so that players could start getting paid on June 1st. Um, and many teams are going to have to make some tough decisions on whom they will cut and have little time to figure it out, which is unfair. Um, typically, teams would be able to evaluate their players on the court and their skills, um, but now it's based off how quickly they can pick things up on Zoom calls or how well they understand players online. How unfair and unfortunate is that? No, no. That's not even cool. No, because you could be so, it's like you can have all the plays in your head. You can remember everything, but actually getting on the court and doing it, that is two different things. 
Yeah. It's, it's really unfortunate. Um, and I mean, I, I don't even, I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair. It is. I get it because they have to start paying people. And of course money is involved, but there's no way you're going to tell me that I've worked my butt off for however many years. Right. My dream has always been to get to the WBA and now I'm being cut just because of a zoom call or because of my plays online, like my play understanding plays online. Um, it's just it's really unfortunate man it's it's not fair it's not fair international players have to decide if they would like to stay abroad um and just be suspended for the season or fly on a long flight back to america to compete so that's another thing they have to take in consideration too um but you know players who are cut they won't get paid but uh they are offered health insurance until the end of june and uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Malik. I don't know. It's it's sad. That sucks. Really, yeah, no. Because everybody just doesn't keep just everybody just don't get it like that. You feel me? Ooh. Everybody just don't get it like that. It it takes time, and you could be the best player in the world, honestly, and really not know plays like that. But it's yeah. the fact that you're actually a great player. You know that really kind of just covers that up. But yeah. Yeah, this is that's bad, man. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. You're, I mean, like I said, you dream your whole life. You get drafted to a team, and I'm being cut, not even off of my skill set or what I can do for this team. You haven't even seen me play or compete. You, you, you're probably basing it off my film, what you've seen that I've done throughout my collegiate year, and then of course now, the fate is a Zoom call and. Basically, me understanding the play is online. So, again, I just, I think it's, it's unfair. Um, but I, WNBA got to do what they got to do. Got to just got to do it, man. Yeah. Another thing is that uh, uh, New York Liberty's GM, he says something that stood out to me, Malik. Um, he said, these dreams that are suddenly altered, and you're a large part of that. These are human beings, not just basketball players. Correct. And this is basing off my next subject, Dallas Wings guard, Katie Lou Samuelson. She opened up about her mental health. Um, and when I was reading this article, it really touched me and I felt her on a spiritual level because um, speaking from my perspective as a former athlete, everything that she's dealt with, I dealt with myself too, you know? not being able to really control your emotions, not really understanding why do I feel the way I feel. Like, I'm playing basketball. I went to school for free. In her case, now she's playing professionally, and she's still not fulfilled within. And it's like we have gone our entire careers of being told you have to be aggressive, mental toughness. You can't show any emotions. Don't show your, your, your opponent that you're weak. Don't right. show them that you're crying. So we take all of these things and we don't think of, okay, this is just how I'm going to be in life. But yeah. we take these things because this is our everyday lives. When we step on that court, it's do or die. You know, we show no mercy. You're aggressive. Yeah. You can't cry. If, if a ref fouls you, if you get fouled out, you can't cry. You know, it's just, it's a lot of yeah. different things. And so 
it seems to me that her entire life, she hasn't been able to really process her emotions or grieve because when we think about, we just lost a game. Okay. Now we got to focus on the next game. We got to move on, focus on the next game. And eventually, you know, that kind of carries over into our personal lives. Well, it is what it is. Time to move on, you know, and honestly, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. That's not not at all. But again, thinking from an athlete standpoint, this is how we have been programmed. This is how we've been taught. If you cry, you're weak. If, you know, you feel like something's not right within you, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. We ignore it. Oh, we'll be fine. We're just feeling like this because of whatever happened in practice. When really, it's just us being humans, and it is mental health. Yeah. And it is something very important. So I, my personal standpoint, I have dealt with that, and I'm still dealing with that. Because when your whole life is wrapped around a sport, you have no true identity. Mm-hmm. You are trying to find yourself in the process of still having to perform day in and day out. On a high level. Because now she's on a professional level. Not to mention she went to UConn for four years. And granted, yes, they, I don't, I know from my experience, they never told me that, hey, if you ever need to go talk to somebody or if you ever need some type of therapist, Mm -hmm. nobody has ever brought, I know for me, that was never even a topic. Well, if you need to go talk to somebody, um, you can go to, where the you can go to a sports psychologist. We have a sports yeah. psychologist that helps. We've never had that. So going back to Katie Lou, it's like people think, well, you know, she's an athlete. She's a professional athlete. What does she have to be sad about? Yeah. We are human beings just like everybody else. She is a right. human being just like everybody else. And so when you're, again, when your identity is basically around this sport, and you're not performing like you're supposed to because, granted, I feel like as an athlete, we are perfectionists as well. We deal with perfectionism because we want to be perfect so bad because we want to play the game that we love. We want to yeah. get playing time. We want to be able to impact our teams. Everybody wants to be that player. Mm-hmm. So when it's not going your way, guess what? You're sad. Yeah. So, um, you know, I really thank, I'm, I thank you, Katie Lou, for speaking out. I hope that more athletes really, really uh, not be afraid of, of sharing their story. Seriously. That is big. And that all of that just reminds me of going back to our interview with Jerry Johnston. Yes. Talking about making the sport an identity, how mm-hmm. it just creeps up on you. And you just, everything you do is just, based on this sport everything yes. just bottling all your emotions inside and i remember i was re i read uh some of her stuff i know at the beginning she was talking about how after a game like she would just sit down in the locker room and cry mm-hmm. and the coaches were like uh is there something we could do or something and she was like i'll be fine i'm just ready for the next game yep and she said she had a good game the next game but i mean it's still mentally like you're still messed up 
it's only this this these things that they have us going through is like it's only temporary like mm-hmm. this stuff this stuff in our head goes on forever 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 and it it starts like you said it starts with these coaches and and these people on campus like they have to find some type of like something for these players to actually get into so they'll be straight mentally because who knows man this can this this hurts and yeah. thank you for like players like I don't know if it was uh, I don't know if it was Kevin Love or DeMar DeRozan who actually like came out first and just talked about their mental health but it was between those two but those they I think they really set the tone because after that a whole bunch of other players just started coming out and just saying mm-hmm. you know I've dealt with mm-hmm. this I've dealt with that mm-hmm. and it's big because it's athlete. They're athletes. Yeah. We we look at these athletes like, man, they good. They got money. Like, what? Why are you stressing? Mm-hmm. We look at these rappers like, okay, they got all this money. They living this life with these big, these nice cars, and this big house. They'll be fine. And one song that always just when I think of stuff like this, it thinks of I think of that J Cole song, "Love Yours." Mm. It's like. Yo, you ain't never gonna be happy till you love yours. That's nope. what he said at the end. Nope. And it's it's, it's 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 deeper because it's like um, I don't know if nobody's ready to have this conversation, but we cannot be attracted to we can't base our whole life off of external things. And I think that's what we do as human beings, such Always. as careers, such as mm-hmm. a sport, you know, such as love whatever it is we base our happiness off of external things things that can be taken away from us at any moment yeah and it's crazy Malik because you know basketball has helped me in so many different ways it's tell it's helped me with self-discipline it's helped me to be Mm -hmm. well-rounded I've traveled I've done many things but also there's some qualities about myself as a person and an individual that I've took from basketball that has kind of not helped me. Yeah. I.e. my personal relationships, friendships, love life, whatever, because my whole life, it's be aggressive, be aggressive. Don't show mm-hmm. no emotions. Mm-hmm. Don't show anybody your weak. So I take that over into my personal life and it, it's affecting that. Yeah. You know, so I'm still trying to find my identity. Yes. I got whatever going on with my career, but it's not about my career and what I'm doing now. It's about who is Nia as a person. In the future. I'll yeah. In my identity. And that's what Katie, she's, she's struggling with that. Yeah. You know? And sometimes we have to take a step away from things that we love. Look at Im- Imani McGee Stafford. She decided yep. not to even compete this mm-hmm. season. And she's going to law school. Yep. She's going to law school. Same thing with Maya Moore. Yeah, Maya Moore. And so we think of, well, what the heck? You're a whole WNBA player. Why are you taking a break? But nobody wants to sit and think about what this this has done for them mentally. That they're in a different space in their life. Maya is in a different space in her life. I don't know if we'll ever get Maya Moore back on the court. But what Maya is doing outside of basketball is incredible and should be highlighted way more. So let's highlight these women for speaking out for things that nobody else is speaking out on or, or doing. Maya Moore has basically um, 
left her career in her prime to go help a friend. Yeah. This man is now about to be free. Exactly. If he that's isn't big. free. I'm not sure. You know, that's huge. Imani yeah. going to law school. So I'm sure Katie is, is hopefully she's taking those steps to go to therapy. A, therapy is cool. Talking to a professional is okay. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. You're going to be fine. But don't be upset of having trials and tribulations like any other human being should have. Everybody needs a therapist, I think. Um, therapy is cool. Look, I love my therapist. I am thankful that I took that step. It took me a minute to finally go get therapy. And my goodness, I wish I would have started a long time ago. Yeah. Because it's helped me understand. And the one thing that my therapist told me is that when I was telling her about my life, telling her about basketball, I never really had a childhood, all that stuff. She said, you never had time to grieve about anything. About a thing. Not a thing. Because we, again, have been taught, move on. Focus on the next game. So shout out. everybody Because everybody's just like, oh, this will only last for this long. I'll be Mm -hmm. fine. I'll be fine tomorrow. I'll be fine. Yep. I don't think about it. I'll go to sleep, wake up. Oh, man, it's not even on my mind anymore. Then then something that's related to that issue happens again, and then it's just everything bottles up, and then at one point, you're going to explode. You're going to yeah. explode eventually. Yeah. And then you're going to – everybody going to look at you like, dang, you're, like, you're crazy. Like, what's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. Well, you should have just happens. let it out at the beginning. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. That's how it happens. That, that's how it happens. So, uh, number one, shout out to Katie Lou. Shout out. Thank you. Lou, Thank you for sharing that story. Um, it meant a Lou. lot. Number two, look, Katie, if you just so happen to stumble po- across this podcast, I am working on a documentary that is solely focused on mental health and student athletes. Hit her up. So, I'm directing, I'm writing it. I want people to share their stories former athletes, current athletes, whoever, share your story. Um, but again, shout out to Katie Lou. I hope shout that more players Katie. find some courage to speak out on mental health and just inform people and let people know yeah. that it's okay. It's all right. This is normal. This is normal. It's okay. Um, going on into other news, Candace Lee, she is a first female black ad at vanderbilt whoop, whoop. first black athletic director at vanderbilt university Come but through. it gets even better not only is she the first woman to be a full-time athletic director overseeing men's and women's sports in the sec in the sec she is now among five women in charge of a power five program and the second malik brown the second African-American woman. She joins Carla Williams at Virginia as the only African-American female athletic director at a Power 5 school. Hype, hype, hype me up. Hype, hype, hype me up, man. Come on, man. Five. There are only five women and two women of color that are ADs at Power 5 schools. We got to do better. Come on now. We got to do better. We look like the NFL. 
Hey, we don't want to. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. My bad. My bad. Let's not even get me riled up about that. We left that in the past. My bad. Sorry. You know. But, uh, but shoot, that's big, though. It's what huge. it is, though, congratulations. It's huge. And, you know, Candace Lee, she, she's a Vandy grad. She played for the women's basketball team. She was a team captain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she worked for the NCAA. You know, so she, she has a lot of things under her belt. She started as the interim AD. So, so um, but, way up to the top. Yeah, but, I mean, you know what? This just sh- women can do it too. Y'all, man, women can do it do too. It. Make a change. Make a change. This should be more than two African American ads at Power Five schools. You know, and there are some African American ads at my at my school. There we had an African American ad um, who's a woman, but five women at Power Five schools as athletic directors. There's only five and two are at Power Five schools that are African American. So, these ladies are killing it, man. These ladies are really killing it. Uh, what's her name? Is it Nicole Lynn? Mm-hmm. She's true. She she been going off she too. She got some it. good people on her staff, man. I'm telling you, these black oh. women, y'all some strong. Y'all strong, man. Y'all strong. Shout out to all the women in sports. Continue to inspire because, you know, um, we need more, you know, young girls are looking up yeah. and they want to be just like whoever. Show women that you can be a, a athletic director too at a right. Power 5 school. Show these young girls that. And That's not true. to mention, Vanderbilt is the only Power 5 program in one of two FBF, FBS programs with an African-American athletic director, football head coach, and men's basketball head coach. Wow. Twenty twenty. This is this is what we live this is the year we live in. This is I mean we we are in the this year of twenty twenty. We are in the year of twenty twenty. So it's it's time for change, you know? Um but Candice Lee doing incredible things, continue to inspire, continue to inspire those around her and, and show yeah. women um, and women of color that it's possible and yeah. you can do it too. Don't let this go under the rug, man. Please don't. No. We need, we need this. She's going to do great things. Stop news. She's going to do great things for Vanderbilt's program. And um, I'm sure she'll make a large impact and turn a couple of those athletic programs around um, to get Vandy back to where they need to be let's get it let's get mm-hmm. it Mandy. i'm rooting for you all right man nia if i told you that Dak prescott was offered a five-year 175 million contract to make him the highest paid quarterback in the nfl what would you say to me what would you say Is that even true, though? Because I heard it wasn't even true. I heard it wasn't even true. You know, I'd heard about, I'd heard a lot of contract offers for Dak, and it seemed like none of it been true, and it seemed like he didn't decline all of them. But I don't know why he would decline this one, and at the same time, I don't know why the Cowboys, I don't know why Jerry Jones would uh 
give him that much money. Cause um, I don't know. It's it's a tricky deal because I know the deadline is July fifteenth to sign franchise tag players. And I guess Dallas doesn't want to lose him. And they don't want to go down the road of multiple franchise tags either. It's a, it's a lot of ways you can go with this. First of all, um, Dak Prescott, he's not worth that much. Mm. First, let's, let's get that straight. He's not worth that much. Um, okay. Don't tell uh, me. As far as, as far as the NFC East, I, I would say that he – I could I could go on the limb and say that he's the best quarterback in MC East. I think mm-hmm. as far as it's only between him and Carson Wentz. And as far as durability and staying on the field, Dak Prescott got Carson Wentz by a long mouth. So off just off of that, he should be straight. Um funny thing, you know, Macy will always come up with this crazy, these crazy football. I mean, he didn't come up with it, but he had a picture and it compared Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson stats. Mm. since like 2018 I think they near got the same stats near got the same stats but you know we always up Deshaun Watson like he like he saw I, I opened like he top five but I, I guess it's because I think it's because Dak just has more to work with I mean granted Deshaun Watson had DeAndre Hopkins but as far as like a complete group I think Dak he has the running back. He has the offensive line. He had Amari Cooper. He played with Des Bryant one year. I mean, he's had the talent around him to make him look good. So, I mean, of course, you know, you're going you're gonna to make the best out of your situation. But I don't know if $175 million is is right for Dak. Of course, you know, you have to reset the market. So, when Dak gets this deal... I just want you to think about how much Patrick Mahomes is going to get and how he's probably like, get that money, Dak. Because if anything, Patrick Mahomes probably going to keep 200 mil off strength, just off rips. That's, that's, that's where we're starting. 200 mil is a lot. And for what he's done in only three years, I think maybe, yeah, two, three, two, three years. Oh, he's going to get paid. But... 175 and make him the highest paid quarterback. Uh, Jerry, 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 you you got some stuff to work on, man. Oh, the suspense continues. Man, for real. Mm. For real. It's going to be, I can't wait to see what he gets. Because I've been wheeling away for this for months. And I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. He got a good agent. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> and his agent said none of that is true. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm sure it'll still probably be around that ballpark. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just don't know if he will be the highest paid. I uh, I should have looked up to see who's the highest paid quarterback. Mm. I just I know they don't want to lose him. So I know that yeah. they're trying to, they're over the fence of like do we give him all this money or, you know? Mm-hmm. We'll see. I think, hold up. I just looked it up. Uh, Russell Wilson is the highest paid quarterback right okay. now. That's right. At 
$35 million a year, which is understandable because he deserves that. Yeah. But if you put him in the same – I mean, Jared Goff getting $33.5 million. Yeah. Kirk Cousins getting $33 million. Carson Wentz getting $32 million. And then you got Ben, ben Roethlisberger getting $34 million. I mean, he's about done. Then Aaron Rodgers is started with 33 points. I mean, he'll be in, I guess he'll be in that range, but he shouldn't be getting paid higher than Russell Wilson. Mm. That's my take. Okay. Hey, you said it. Don't come for oh. me, Cowboys fans, please. You know I'm sorry, are. y'all. How about them Cowboys? But uh, coming up next, we got You Gotta Be Kidding Me. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Stay in your seats for this one. Let's get it, y'all. Let's go. All right, guys. We are back with You Gotta Be Kidding Me. And Lord, oh, Lord. (laughs) Malik, you got What to do? You gotta be kidding me with this one. Doja Cat. Doja Cat, this entire week has been filled with, I'm sorry, this entire weekend, I should say, last weekend, uh, a lot of stuff has surfaced of her in these racist chat rooms. Um, so she has issued an apology her, for her past racist remarks, um, but there were videos and pictures leaked. And basically Twitter came up with a hashtag Doja is over party. And honestly, Malik, I looked at these, all these videos, uh, all of the, the chats or whatever, and it's, it's honestly disgusting. It is. Um, her apology to me was, was not, it was weak. Um, but she basically said, I want to address what's happening on Twitter. I've used public chat rooms to socialize since I was a child. I shouldn't have been involved in any racist conversations. I'm sorry to anyone I offended. That's how we she come got to Doja. Bad PR. Terrible oh, PR. Bad PR. Terrible PR. Because number one, you being a child in chat rooms has no. It. I wasn't. Exactly. I was on social networking right. websites exactly. at ten. Never would you catch me in any type of hate group or anything. But that's just me. But it gets even better. She then goes on to say, I'm a black woman. Half of my family is black and from South Africa. And I'm very proud of where I come from. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell tell you, (laughs) we don't care. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what the, the line that people use. Well, I have black friends, so I'm not racist. That's the cop, that can't be the cop-out no more, man. But that's, that's what people do. First of all, the apology sucked, Doja. It was yeah, bad. Yeah, that, that was mid. Um, you're canceled, unfortunately. Everybody has canceled for sure. you. Oh, um, for sure. I was a fan of her music, but I have to cancel her. Because one thing I don't like is for anybody to have some type of self-hate. Um, it's clear that she is biracial. She has a black father and a white mother. Um, from my understanding is that she was raised by her white mother. Her black father was not in her life. And so we have to think about it from her side is that, okay, you being this mixed race child, you know, you are black and maybe her environment was full of people who were around her who didn't like her because she was black. So then maybe she felt like for her to fit in, 
she has to basically tear herself down and her people down um, because I don't think she's really proud of where she comes from. I think she hates that she even has oh, black yes. in her. For sure. That's what it, sound, that's what it sounds like. It's self-hate. It's self-hate. Um, the, vid, the videos that sur- surfaced were very, absolutely disgusting. Um, and the most recent video that I saw was her degrading her own 4C hair. Now, I have 4C hair. I saw that. <laughs> I have 4C hair. Now, can I stand having 4C hair? It's a love-hate relationship. So self-hate stems from 400 plus years ago when we were put down as black, our black ancestors were put down because our hair was nappy, because we were black, our nose were big, our whatever stereotypes that people have made against black people, it has now taught us as black individuals to hate where we come from or hate who we are. Yep. And so maybe it started from when she was young or maybe growing up she always felt like she had to fit in um to me it seems like she has some type of fetish to where she enjoys not only putting herself down but putting down black people to get more white men to like her yeah you know and it's nothing wrong if you look if you decide to date out of your race perfectly do what you want to do but do not, and I say this all the time, do not tear down black people in the process. If you want to live your life and date Please outside don't. of your race, if you like interracial relationships, fine. Nobody's knocking you for it. But what's a big no-no is when you start to tear down black people and, and feel some type of superior because, yeah, you know, and nobody's holding you accountable. So, Another thing is that an old song had resurfaced. It's called Didn't Do Nothing. Nothing. I'm sorry. Didn't, didn't do, do didn't nothing. Do, didn't do nothing. Didn't do nothing. It's spelled D-I-N-D-U nothing. N-U-F-F-I-N. Now, Straight mocketry. Yeah. Apparently, from what they said, it's a stylized pronu- uh, pronunciation of didn't do nothing, but it's actually a phrase people of the internet used to describe black victims of police brutality so again she apologized about that too of course not well i think i i think there was something going on about it but i mean it passed over also i didn't even know she was under heat with the lgbtq community because uh she had said something about faggots and they had already canceled her then so not only are you a racist, obviously you're a homophobe too. Her racism stems from self-hate. It stems from self-hate. And is that sounds that, like that's... Is that in, in the fact that, I mean, you said it, she was raised by her white mother. And I always say it always starts with the parents. Yeah. It always starts with the parents. So if she don't like black people, I'm just going to Go out and say, I'm just going to assume that the mom doesn't like black people as well. Because it starts from somewhere. It's taught. Racism is taught. So, (gasps) Doja, that sounds like a Doja problem. And you had a lot of people supporting your music and supporting you. Um, I think she was discovered off of YouTube through the Moo song. 
And it's crazy how things can change in a year. It ain't even yeah. been a full year. So self-hate, man, it's real. It's so real. And it's, it's honestly it's the most disgusting thing ever because how can you hate who you are? How can you hate what's in your blood? What defines you as an individual? The only thing that you said, yeah, the only thing that you said about being mixed that you like about being mixed is that you're light skin and thick. Seriously? She has problems. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know everybody liked the Moose song, but I mean, I did, when I heard that, I was like, nah, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't it. This a, it, it used to be a good song. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard a lot of people thought it was catchy. Yeah. I, I've just always seen her around social media, and I've always just, every time I see her, I just keep scrolling. Because yeah. she does nothing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. No personality has always been very strange um but i i, I yeah. did like i did like her last album um but i mean again i have removed all of that i just i i can't support anybody who is going to uh in the process down your own race. you're gonna down your own race whether if you if you're proud to be black or not shouldn't even be coming out your mouth and the fact that you are okay with sitting in chat rooms and you're laughing at it. You're laughing at these racist men. Talk down. And remember now, they don't look at you as a white woman. They, they look, look at you as a black, black woman. Exactly. Hello? She don't get it. No. So hope that El Doja, you're canceled. Bye-bye. <laughs> I'll see you around anytime soon. But you know what? It gets worse, Malik Brown. Because why really? is the city of Atlanta? Why am I on my Instagram and I see everybody in the club? Oh, everybody in the club? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, man. Oh, this is bad. We really forced, we really forced quarantine out of, out of our lives, huh? Hey, y'all can continue to force it out of y'all lives. I'm not leaving the house. Look, I was driving home on, was it Saturday? It was Saturday night. And I passed about three houses on the way. And it was about 10 cars just parked in each parking lot. And I was like, we don't care no more. But the fact that now that we're going to the clubs now, we don't even care. I know my friend said that he had some friends that went out to the club last night. And he was like, no, nah, I ain't hanging out with them. <laughs> no, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, it's, it's people our age. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, do y'all not know that we are asymptomatic of holding this virus? Nobody understands that part. Nobody gets that part. Nobody gets it. Everybody they just think just... if you see it, then, oh, man, if you coughing, oh, man. Yeah. I don't got to yeah, be yeah, coughing. Yeah. I don't got to be doing this. I don't got to have a fever. Could be I could have him. it. I could have it and not even know. Yep. Everybody's not the same. It's it's crazy. Like I was like, whoa, people are really doing this. Man. People are really, really doing this. And I get it's, you know, Memorial Day weekend, whatever. But like, hey, yeah, please. we done been in here Easter. We done been here Mother's Day. You know? We can't it, just we can't tough it out. Y'all really hope this. This ends uh, uh, before July fourth, because boy, it's gonna be oh, oh man, man, it's gonna be a oh, problem. You, you are it's going it. to be a problem. 
Yeah, you already know Fourth of July is gonna be worse. I'm reps. You won't catch me in the club until I don't know when. Yeah, I won't be in a club. I may go hang out with some friends, but I'm not going to go be in a club or any kind of public setting where there's so many people, so much touching, so much passing. People could be sweating because people sweat in clubs. People sweat in clubs. You gonna sweat? You just don't know. It's you, hot. You want to dance and have a good time. You got to dance on this person. You got to physically touch them. So, all right, I'm Atlanta. All right, Atlanta. We will not become the epicenter of this virus. We will. No. We will not. So let's get it together. Yeah, man. Shout out to Camp Right. Man, look. This fly. Man, we ain't even. We, we're not even gonna get into that. You're right. Your boy Paul Pierce had some some uh he had an interesting take. Oh, he always he's he's an interesting breed. He always right? saying something crazy. I think I think that they made a mistake allowing him to not everybody should be able to be able to broadcast and yeah, I mean I, I get what he's done as Paul Pierce, but no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Shouldn't even be giving him the platform to even be saying all this crazy crap. So his top five, he, he has a solid, you know, group of people. Cool. You got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Magic, and Kobe. I think I'm missing somebody. He said Michael Jordan, too. Oh, MJ. There we go. He did say MJ. And LeBron was nowhere in that conversation. Now, we all are able to have our own top five. We are. We are. I mean, That's, I have my yeah, top five. Sure. You, you have sure. your top five. Sure. Um, but it just seems like anytime there's a LeBron conversation, or it's just like he's salty. Like, he still got bad he blood is. from 2014 when Bron almost, you know, jumped down his throat. But we ain't going to talk about that, right? Mm. Why does he? All right, I think I understand. Now, I don't know what's up with ESPN, but recently I've just been noticing like this ain't really like we're not talking legit sports no more. We we giving out hot takes for entertainment, mm-hmm. and we put it on social media and we get a reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's two people that have bothered me. Matter of fact, it's three people that have bothered me. The first person. Is Ryan Hollins. <gasps> when they had Ryan Hollins on ESPN in first take, I was disgusted. <laughs> he had to go because the stuff that he was saying was crazy. Number two is Kendrick Perkins. Oh, my goodness. How did Kendrick Perkins get on ESPN? What did he do? No. He has some bad takes as well. And Paul Pierce is number three. Yes. No, I get it. You're right. Everybody has a top five, Nia. He had Michael Jordan in there. He had Kobe Bryant Mike, and Magic Johnson. That, those, are, those are in my top three as well. Right. So I'm going to have it. It's cool. Yeah. But when we start getting into like, I get it. Okay, Kareem has, a, has an argument. That's cool. Every, but Bill Russell, okay, I get it. I get it. No, I get it. I get it. He has a lot Celtics. of rings. Celtics. I get it. 
I get it for Paul Pierce. But at the same time, that's a cop-out. That's a cop-out pick. Because, Nia, if you don't know, and I just, I just realized this, two years ago, Paul Pierce had LeBron James in his top five. They asked him what his top five was two years ago, and he said LeBron James. I don't know what LeBron James has done from then to now to prove that he's not in the top five. If anything, he has solidified himself into the top five from two years ago to now. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce is, is salty. And I don't know what's wrong with him. You lost. You're done. You beat LeBron before. You won a championship. It was time for LeBron to take over. And he stepped on you and KG mm. and Ray Allen. He took your teammate and put him on the heat. And you mad at him still too. I think. It don't matter. They still salty at Ray Allen. Let it go. Let it go. Please. Let it go. Let it go. There's no way you can't have not. You can't. You got to have LeBron James, bro. You got to. The salt. The salt. It gets worse, Malik Brown. Carl Malone. So after the last dance and all the other good stuff, Carl Malone's past has resurfaced. Um, I remember reading about this years ago, and I was just hoping it was not true. Um, Carl Malone had impregnated a 13-year-old girl at the age of 20. At the age of 20. Uh, he never associated with his son until he was around 18 years old. Uh, his son is Demetrius Bell. I played in the NFL for a little bit. Um, and, I mean, he was avoiding paying child support, you know, for this guy. Didn't want any a week. It was... Um, Honestly, it don't even matter the money, though. You are he was, he was, listen, even before that, now, he was a father even before he impregnated the 13-year-old girl. Cheryl Ford, who played in the WNBA, okay, yet there were twins, and you had Daryl Ford, all right? It wasn't until 17 years later after they were born in 98 that Malone accepted their paternity. So it gets worse, all right? In 1986, his second year with the Jazz, they requested Malone to pay 200, just $200 a week now, okay? Malone didn't respond to the suit, but a Louisiana judge ruled um, that he was Bill's father. This is Demetrius Bill from the 13-year-old, okay? Mm Um, after the paternity test showed that he was the father, he was ordered to pay $125 a week. You are an NBA player and your child support is $200 a week for your twins and $125 in past and future medical expenses. That's all you got to take care of. Malone claimed that it was too much and he later reached out a confidential out-court settlement with Bell's family between 1988 and 1989. You are an NBA player. You are a whole NBA player. 
what is $200 going to do for you, to you? That's like a pinch. And it's too much? Really? That's a pinch. That ain't nothing for him. And you did it. Why are you not owning up to your mistakes? Why are you messing with a 13-year-old? At 20 years old. I, I'm going to be honest. And it, I, don't, I don't even care. Like, I, I didn't know about any of this, honestly, until like after this series and I was going on Twitter and I, it was this tweet was, that was going around was saying, who would Carl Malone be in today's NBA? And they were saying like all this like weird stuff, like in jail. So I'm like, what did he do? And I finally saw the post. And I don't know if you saw it, but his son came out yeah. and did an apology video or something like, he don't need, you don't even have to do that. Why did you, you should have just. First of all, wait, you weren't even born. This is his son that played at LSU. That's what, this is, this is Carl Malone uh, Jr. Why is he coming out? Like, and Demetrius ain't came out. Sherlin came exactly. out. Daryl came out. That's not your story to tell. Too worried about Carl, being on Carl, your father should be the your one father. addressing everything. Your father, yes, for sure. Not you. Your father. Your father mm-hmm. did it. Not you. It gets worse, though, Malik, because even there's a there's a thread on Twitter and it's really just highlighting everything. But everything even Carl did. Malone, Kobe canceled Carl because Carl had said um, some really inappropriate stuff to Vanessa one day. Yes, he, he did. Like that? Now, Carl and Kobe were were like this. Okay, him and his, their wives had a great relationship. Very cool. And after this incident, Kobe said he felt very hurt and betrayed. So basically, what happened was was that Carl and his son they were sitting at a game front row, and Vanessa was on the cell phone talking to Carl's wife Kay. And Vanessa said that her son looked bored, and Kay told her to call Carl to have her son join in um, in her seats. So Kay gave Vanessa Carl's number. She called him. And when she called, Carl's response was, why don't you come over here and sit next to me and give me a big hug? This is, this is to Vanessa Bryant. Vanessa said, why? For what? And Carl replied, if you don't do that, it will be on the cover of every magazine in the country. I'm sorry, if what? you do that, if you do that, sorry, he didn't say don't. If you do that, it will be on the cover of every magazine in the country. Vanessa didn't know what to say because this was the first time she has ever spoken to Malone without Kobe or Kay being around. Carl continued, Malik. He said, do you like me? This is what he's asking Vanessa. She responds, as my friend, Kay's husband. From there, Malone asked Vanessa if she could keep a secret and that he would like to tell her something. At which point, Vanessa told him she was a married woman and he's a married man who was old enough to be her father. Oh, my God. To which Malone replied, oh, like your daddy? Question mark. At that point, she told, she basically told Rob Palenka that she ended the conversation and um, 
basically after that, Vanessa was very uncomfortable at halftime and that Carl was acting and saying weird things. And when the game ended, Vanessa walked to Malone's son, walked Malone's son back to Carl. And she told Polinka that she asked Malone, why was he wearing a cowboy hat? His response was, I'm hunting for young Mexican girls. Oh my gosh. At this point, Vanessa walks away. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? He's a sicko, clearly. And so for all these years, you know, we know Carl Malone is the mailman. Carl Malone is the Utah, Utah Jazz. Yeah. Second leading scorer in the NBA. Yeah. Sicko. Yeah. That's the worst one. Man. That's the worst one. Man, I ain't never heard nothing like this in my life. And you know what? I'm disgusted. It's crazy because we go back to entitlement and accountability and being who you are can get you off the hook for a lot of things. But if if some 20-year-old man impregnated my 13-year-old child, it ain't no we gonna be quiet about it because we don't wanna that's what the girl's mom had said that she didn't want to, you know, mess up his career. But it's like there's no accountability being held. There's no reason why my son, who wasn't even born yet or even thought of, to even be speaking on my situation from the past. Exactly. Now, granted, yeah, he may have a relationship with Demetrius and Cheryl and Daryl. But once upon a time, 30 plus years ago, he was not. Was not willing to have a relationship, was not willing to pay $125 a week. And medical expenses from what you're supposed to do. Carmelone is canceled. Carmelone, you was canceled, man. Sick. What you've done, what you've done for basketball, great. Cool. And I I said the same thing about Jordan. I respect him so much as a player and what he's done for the game. He's a pioneer for this game. But as an individual, the person, no. Mud. Trash. Disgusting. Just, just, just. Where do you get that no. from? It's it's entitlement, man. It's entitlement. It's because I am an NBA player and I can do whatever I want to do, and I'm walking on water, and can't nobody tell me nothing, and I'm gonna continue to do what I want to do because guess what? I'm the best at what I do. Who gonna check me? Who gonna check me? <laughs> That's basically what they're saying. I wish, I wish my child would. You know what? No. I'm going to get on my social media and defend my dad. My dad. After what he did. After what he did. I wasn't did. even and born. It's, it's I wasn't even a child. No. I wasn't a child. Wasn't even thought of. Man. And anybody excusing this behavior? No. Yeah, y'all got to get out of here too. You cancel too. You cancel too. You're just as bad. Sorry. There's no, there's no explanation by this at all. No explanation. Explanation. Man. But you know, we we talked about paternity suits and and talked about Carl Malone and his paternity suits. Um, but our uh, our iconic toxic king that everybody refers to him as um, y'all iconic king <coughs> y'all. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not wrong with that. 
He was in a nasty paternity suit. He's been in one for a very long time um, with his now confirmed baby mama, Eliza. Um, And I believe she's one of the sixth or seventh confirmed baby mamas that he has so far. Um, Lots to count. Yeah. They've been going back and forth for over a year about taking a paternity test for now her one-year-old daughter, Rain Wilburn. And she's filing, the baby mama, Eliza, is filing a lawsuit against Future, suing him for false allegations, um, sexual misconduct, and mental health issues. Now, Future, Future's a bully. For sure. Um, And we'll, we'll go, we'll talk about those tweets in a second. But, you know, this entire time, for this entire year, he has been dragging this girl. Whether if you liked her, and you wanted to sleep with her or not, you did it. Facts. You cannot give somebody the leverage to feel as though they can sleep with you. And now you're, you, that's your responsibility because you, you should have made it. that decision. You did it. Nobody wants to, nobody want to own up for what they do anymore. It's crazy. It's and they sad. get mad when, when, when they hit the fan, they get mad. It's sad. It's, it's extremely sad. And so Future claimed that Eliza was stealing his last name, sleeping around for financial gain, and clout chasing. And she probably could have been do- doing all those different True. things, Future. But guess what? True. You slept with her. Yeah, so guess what? Don't forget. You don't remember that, huh? And you, you obviously didn't use any protection because guess what? She got pregnant. But he says... Future says that Eliza took his sperm and impregnated herself. That's what he says. That's his argument. Really? Yeah. That. Hey. That's what. That's what he's rolling with. That. That's what everybody think. That's what Future say, right? Oh my god. So he files a lawsuit now for. Invasion of privacy. And of course, that she impregnated herself with his sperm. So I don't know if everybody saw Future's tweets last week, but somebody needed to take his phone. Um, just saying things like um, ugly girls, calling her ugly. And you knew he was talking about her because reports had just came out that Future was the father right. of her one-year-old daughter. Exactly. Um. What was really baffling to me is you just dropped the album. You literally just dropped a good album. And you go on days later and you follow it up with this BS right here. This is this is what you do. You, you go on social media and you clown your baby mother. He said after he- just being on top. You literally just put yourself back down, man. He said things like people make up lies to make they self feel good. Leave them ugly girls alone. Don't get high and treat an ugly girl pretty. Huge mistake. Ugly girls be in imaginary relationships. I told my dog to learn from you. You act just like you look. I'm from Murder Block 22 Kirkwood. Nobody cares where you from. Caught me slipping. Okay, so what? You the daddy. That's what. Oh my 
God. You was really lucky. Relax. You crying over shoe money when you could have just asked for it. Relax. I don't think people really don't understand like when they tweet this type of stuff, like how crazy they look. You look crazy. You look like you're talking to yourself. A narcissist. You're talking to yourself. Why don't you just go get on the phone and maybe tell her these stuff this stuff? Is that is it that hard? Why do you, it's, it's I don't really care though. about your I don't care about your your six baby mamas? I don't care. You need it's, that's that's it's an, an ugly problem. paternity suit. It's an ugly paternity suit, though, Malik. Like they are in a very it went from a pater, a nasty, nasty paternity suit to them going back and forth on social media all year to now they're both filing lawsuits against each other. I feel bad for this child. You want to know why? Because future, no matter what, no matter how many kids he has, he's always going to have some type of resentment towards his child. And it's not so much of the child, but it's the fact that, damn, I done impregnated this girl I don't want to be with. To him, she's ugly. I don't think she's ugly. She's a very pretty girl. Um, she's a clout chaser. I don't want this. I don't want this child. So I'm just give her money. I ain't gonna really be in it. And, and, and that's probably what's gonna come down to. He's not gonna be in this child's life for the simple fact that everything has been going on. Because you gotta remember too, at the time, it was speculations that he had three people pregnant at once. There was um, Bow Wow's baby mama. I'm sorry, I cannot remember her name. Is it Joy? Joy. Then you had her, and it was another girl actually saying that uh, Future was her baby daddy as well. And at the time, Eliza and the other girl were teaming up, basically saying, like, this is, this is our baby daddy. He need to take care of his baby, blah, 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 blah. Be mindful. You didn't just had a, a beautiful baby shower. You just had the baby shower for your other child that's about to be born by another woman. So it's like, yeah, you can you can take the label of being a toxic king, whatever, whatever, cool, cool, cool. But yo, stop having all these kids. If you want to go do what you want to do, use a condom. Strap up, strap what up. Is, what is so hard about that? The more all this stuff come out about future, the more I just appreciate Sierra. And what she did mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm, letting mm-hmm. letting all, all that negative energy go and now she's with russell mm-hmm, wilson mm-hmm. on her way to having her third child exactly that accepts her and loves her and loves her her child that she had outside of their relationship i mean look it can't get no better everybody wants to be like that nobody wants to be like what future going through right now that is very that's toxic and you know what's going to be bad? It's only going to get worse. Because now people, society has made this behavior okay. But you know what? It's, it's crazy. Like, we can talk about future, but there's a lot of entertainers, a lot of professional athletes that have gazillions of kids by multiple different women. They don't know. And... We also got to remember that some people are actually even being paid to be quiet. So we yeah. won't know. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just future. Hey, future just, hey, it is what it is. Future oh, just got his business out there. He did. He a different breed. I tell he you. He is. 
He is. It's no way that you can be, be a toxic king. Stressful. Yeah, it's no way you can be a toxic king and a, and a father of, of eight or nine or however many he has. And you just out here sleeping with everybody, but then you on Twitter looking goofy, calling this girl ugly and saying don't sleep with ugly girls and stuff like that. Don't make these ugly girls feel pretty. I he can't. went on Twitter. He went on the Twitter. I can't. Somebody take his phone. Yeah. But you know what? Bro, Everybody man. in those mentions. Yeah, bro. Yeah, talk to King. Talk to Tell King. Him. Yeah, yeah. People, people promoting it. People are promoting this behavior. And then now everybody thinks they can be future junior. And it's like, yeah. you can't. <laughs> you can't. You think he got people on his side now because uh-huh. he knows his support is going to be like, oh, yeah, man, you're doing the right thing. Knowing dang well, future, that's not the right thing. Mm-mm. You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. All right, let's let's just get to some funny business, Neil. Let's let's move on. So Eli Manning, he's made himself a Twitter, and he he's came on with the dry humor already. So your first tweet was to paraphrase Jimmy Chitwood. I don't know if it'll make any change, but I figure it's time for me to start playing social media. That sounds like some dry humor just to get it off. And who better not to just come out of the blue and spoil? Eli Manning's first tweet, then Tom Brady himself. Mm. He says, welcome Eli Manning in typical fashion. You never showed up until the fourth quarter anyway. Sound like Tom Brady's still salty about them. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, wait, in 12. That's what it he is. is He's very salty. salty. <laughs> it did, but no, it gets better because Eli Manning said, nah, man, you're not going to let me have this. You're not going mm-hmm. to do this to me. He quoted the tweet and said, hope your golf game is as polished as your Twitter game. Go hit it in the lumber yard. Yep. And you know what? Tom Brady lost on Sunday. So yes, that tweet is great yes, for Twitter. Did. Yes, he did. Eli Manning, he, oh my God, man. He didn't, he didn't came out with a whole bunch of more tweets after that. But uh, the one that really got my attention, I don't know if you remember the commercial with, uh, with Odell where he kind of picked him up like Odell was like... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he mentioned that tweet. He is he he going to be on fire. Eli yeah. Manning is going to be the next dry humor phenomenon on Twitter. Yes. It's yes, going to be crazy. Yes. yes. And yeah, what we got next? Well, we got Music Roundup coming up next. Woo! Music Roundup. We, we got some, some music? Uh, we got some good music come out last week. So let's get to it. Let's get it. Music roundup, y'all. Now we'll bring up the music for you. Now we'll bring up the music for you. Hip hop and R&B. All right, guys. We are back with the music roundup. Neil, we had some good stuff coming out this past week. Mm-hmm. And oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot wait. Talk about this gonna wanna gonna wanna drop, Nia. I've been waiting for this for a, a while now. Mm-hmm. Ever since Skybox dropped, I'm like, oh yeah, please hurry up. And he dropped it. And I'm not disappointed. I haven't seen a lot of mixed reviews, Nia. Mm-hmm. But this hit. Mm-hmm. It's it was a different. It it gave me a feel as if I was on a different planet or something. 
Um, and I don't think too many people were looking for that. Everybody was looking for the, you know, bouncing in my car. Yeah. But I thought it was, I thought it was a vibe. Uh, my top three songs is Nasty Girl slash On Camera because that transition between Nasty Girl to On Camera was like unmatched. Drake, you got 24 hours to respond because that was a beautiful transition. Please. I don't think, look, Drake has some good like transitions. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But this right here, that was different. That was nice. Um, then we got Far. I love Far and Do Better. It's yeah. my top three. Yeah, um, like you said, like I just feel like I was gliding the whole time. Like, I think what people I saw this tweet, somebody was like, because you know, every time I'm gonna come up, they're gonna compare him and little baby. Mm-hmm. So and it was like with with little baby is like he's just straight about attacking, yeah, just like he gonna give you these hard bars. But gonna just like he sold you out like he's smooth. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna give you that that little baby get like they're two different people. Yeah, for sure. And I like this type of music. So my top three probably gotta be gimmick, dollars on my head. I really don't. Oh, I hate doing this. I hate doing this with gonna projects because I just really it's hard. I want to go with Blindfold for my number three. Okay. I want to go with Blindfold, but I also want to go with Matt Gala as well, because Matt Gala was hard, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the first, I think the first half of the album was solid. Um, it was really good. Far, far is a good song. I think other than that, like, Do Better, Don't Play Around, I'm On Some cooler than a uh, be with Roddy Rich. I mean, they were all right, but I think I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but like when I listen to albums, I don't know. I, it's probably me. Like the first half of the album be really hard, and then like when, when they get to the end, I get. I don't know if I'll just be, get bored with the album, or it's just like I'm tired of listening to music at this point, but it kind of just slowed down for me, but overall for what it was, one was solid. Mm-hmm. I know a lot you- of people can't say that. What do you rank it? What do you rate it? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a. Let me give it an eight point five. Okay. Let me give it eight point five. Probably. Wrong. Okay. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm gonna give it a nine. Nine. Just okay. not no point five. Let me give it a nine. Okay. What you got? I give it an eight out of ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else dropped. Two who we really haven't heard much from schoolies. Nobody Schooly. likes me. Schooly. Give me your takes on schoolie. All right, I had just listened to this album about probably three hours ago, and schoolie really don't disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when we for what he for what he has done, he started with rich kids. Mm-hmm. That was a whole different era of music, honestly. Mm-hmm. We talk mm-hmm. about this was the stupid fruity music like back then. Like, yeah, yeah. What's yeah, up? Yeah. And for Good him time. to just like, he adapted. That's all you can, he adapted. Like, and he transformed into one of these rappers that we think of now. And like, it's really, it's good music. Yeah. I can't. Now, like, I can't, let me ask you this. Really, why do you feel like, why do you, Okay, why do you think that Schoolie is not mainstream? Like, 
why is it because for me i think it's because schoolie is an atlanta-based rapper he started with rich kids um so of course when we think of schoolie we like yeah schoolie for rich kids like schoolie um schoolie had an impact on my middle school high school you know like rich kids was it i think that's what's keeping it i think that's what's keeping him from everybody's still stuck in that middle school Mm -hmm. stage and you know all the rappers that shoot roscoe dash and travis porter like all of those like we really don't speak upon them anymore. I mean, Travis Porter dropped music every once in a while, but they pretty much gone now. But I mean, I feel I still feel like people are kind of still stuck on schooly. Like, I think he's been trying to he's tried to get away from the rich kid and trying to brand his own self. But the music that they were coming out with, you really can't put that aside. Like, schooly was rich kids. Schoolie has more of like schoolies in his own lane, and that's what I like about Schoolie. Schoolie's underrated. You can say what you want about Schoolie, uh, but Schoolie is gonna give you that. He gonna give you a little R and B, and he gonna give you that hip hop. Yeah, that rap. You know, that's what I like about um, him. Yeah, and he's always been versatile. We've known that since since Rich Kids. Yeah. Um, but I think my top three songs uh off of nobody likes me is american may never know featuring little baby mm-hmm. and nobody likes me okay all right that's cool that's cool all right i think i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with boy with takey mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with soul search mm-hmm. and boy genocide okay them boy he was laying out them vocals on that jump man mm-hmm. so that's that's my top three yeah. Overall, um, I'll probably give it I'll probably give it a seven. Same. Seven. Same. Yeah. But that's all for music roundup. Whew. Music roundup, guys. What we got next? We got crunch time. All right. Why are you ready for these hard hitting questions? Crunch time. Let's get it. Y'all, it is crunch time. These hard-hitting questions are coming right to you. But they're coming straight to Nia first. I think I went first last. I went first last week. So, Nia, it's on you. All right, Malik. What are your top three all-time Nickelodeon shows? Oh, dang. SpongeBob number one. Okay. SpongeBob is always going to be number one. Number two... Danny Phantom. Oh, don't do that to Danny Phantom. Come on, give me number three. Give me number three. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I don't like the way you looked at me when I said that. Either. Go ahead, give me number, number three. Three. Ooh. Number three, I'm probably going to have to go with... Uh, hmm... Barely our parents. Okay. Okay. All right. So you hit me with some shows. All right. I'm gonna hit you with. I'm gonna hit you with this. I'm gonna hit you with this. All right. So um, I've been having this battle with a couple of my friends for the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and I just need to know your take on this. Okay. Plain and simple, better movie. 
High School Musical, or Camp Rock? I've never even cared to watch Camp Rock, so I'm going to say High School Musical. I have never in my life have ever even felt the urge to want to watch Camp Rock. I'm sorry. I think I have watched it, but no, it didn't nearly impact me as freaking High School Musical. Like, come on now. Like, what? Who was choosing Camp Rock over High School Musical? Child. Let me let me give you some of my friends' phone numbers because uh they yeah they 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 think that it's crazy. I had before I even asked this question, I had to make sure I I gave my own take. I mean, I had to make sure I gave a a logical take, and I finally watched it two days ago, and I didn't finish it. Neither. It was boring. Yeah. I was like 50 minutes in, and I was like, "Bruh, the only good thing about this this uh movie is it's that song." That's the only thing. All right, Malik Brown. So I was kind of like a female gamer back in the day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you had to choose, all right, you have a PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or GameCube. Which out of those three were the best consoles? The best. You said PlayStation 2. GameCube or PlayStation One, definitely PlayStation Two. Okay. Off of the, off of the fact that, yo, Grand Theft Auto. I hate to tell my childhood. I know it's bad. We weren't supposed to have those games when we were young. No, no. (laughs) Grand Theft Auto used to hit on PlayStation Two. Oh my God! Especially sitting in. Man, you, let me tell y'all something about PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2 will forever be my favorite, favorite game console ever. I don't care how if they come out with a PS5, PS6, all that stuff. Okay? Because PS2 is classic. It seemed like they made so many games for PS2. Exactly. As if they're not doing it anymore. But the games are iconic. You got Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Dev Jam Fight Night, Street Ball. Uh, volume one and volume two. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! The list goes on. The list goes on. Midnight Club Double Edition. Man, look. All right, Nia. Let's get it. Last question. Mm-hmm. You are a musical artist. Okay. What group? What music group are you signing to? Good music. Cactus Jack, Dreamville, or TDE? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's between Dreamville and TDE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with TDE. Mm-hmm. TE was like the first like ever like musical group that I ever cared about. True. Behind Dreamville. But TDE is iconic. I mean, because I love West Coast music so freaking much. So all of those artists that are signed to TDE, I absolutely love from right. SZA, sure. K Dot, uh, Absol, Schoolboy Q. Um, did I say Isaiah Rashad, Rashad already? Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about him too. Gotta get him Gosh, in there. Gosh, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that are signed to TDE, and there's also a lot of people signed to 
um, all those different labels, but for that one in particular, TDE, I don't know. I just, I love TDE. Like, oh, but think about it, though. Let's think about it. When was the last time you heard TDE dropping some music? And Are they the going to drop your music, Nia? Are they going to drop your music? Thing. That's the thing, though. I mean, but I mean, you got to, you got to, good things take time. Good things take time. Look at Dreamville. I mean, it just dropped something. True. True. I mean, I guess it's on preference. Because I've seen, I know I've seen, it wasn't the same, really. Well, it kind of was the same question, but I saw a lot of Dreamville mm-hmm. people and I saw a lot of Cactus Jack people. Because mm. Dreamville was more, they were saying like, you know, you feel, you feel more like a group when you're mm-hmm. in Dreamville. Like, mm-hmm. J. Cole actually cares about your music. Right, right, And with right. Cactus Jack, it's like, you probably, you're going to get a lot of attention because it's only yeah. like, Four, four of them in there. What Don mm-hmm. Tolliver? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, forgot the other dude. Um, I just thought Don Tolliver. Don, yeah, but I mean, that's pretty. That's yeah, Don Tolliver. He even blew up. So, I mean, less. But they all have to, different sounds too. Like all mm-hmm. of those. Yeah, true. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. So it all really depends things. if what artist, what fits you as an artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like what mm-hmm. kind of music ram are you on? Yeah, I would definitely choose TD or Dreamville between those two. Oh, so who do you think is better, Dreamville or TD? Did you really Probably just TD, do that huh? to me? Did you really just do that to me? Only because now, granted, again, I love Dreamville to death mm-hmm, for sure. Um, but TDE has been around for so long, like literally, I have seen TDE like from when I used to watch the stuff or listen to their music and stuff like yeah. that when people weren't listening to Kendrick Lamar. Like yeah, it yeah. literally started from the ground all the way up, you know. And just to see the growth and the impact that he's had on all these different artists. Now, granted, they ain't really been putting out much in a minute. Right, right. Um, but I don't know. Because then you think about Dreamville, you think about the collab album, and it's just so freaking great. Yeah. Like, with with TDE, it's like they've kind of already solidified themselves in the music realm. With, T, with uh, Dreamville, it's more like more people on the come up, but mm-hmm. the people on the come up, they gonna be nasty like yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Jid, jid is jid, gonna be jid jid's nice boss has been out for a minute but he boss. go hard mm-hmm. earth gang earth, earth gang but see uh, the difference between Ari. dreamville and tde is very hard for and dreamville granted they do have some radio songs but all of those artists aren't radio artists think about yeah, it yeah correct correct boss could have been correct. on the radio yeah. you know what yeah, i'm saying but he, yeah um who else uh you know jay got a, he's featured on a lot of good stuff yeah yeah um, he don't really got his his song like i feel yeah mm-mm, mm-mm. but they on the come up though yeah facts facts i love dreamville shout out to dreamville Dude, i saw somebody say they say if you even if you take kendrick off of cde they still smoking dreamville oh yeah and i was like you got a whole bunch of lyricists on there, man. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. schoolboy, absol, and these people that just be on the low, but it's like they pop yeah. out when it's time. Yeah. You know? When I was in high school, that was that was probably when TDE was at its peak, man. Yeah, they were. That that time it was like around like like good 20, kid man. 2011. TDE. Yeah. 2011 yeah, through uh-huh. like 2014 ish. Yeah, they were. 2013 ish. Yeah, yeah, they were nice. They were nice, but good questions. Good questions, Malik. Yes. Good questions. But hey, that's episode five. Episode five, y'all. We made it. 
that's episode five. We appreciate y'all tuning in. You guys know the drill. Y'all know it, man. Y'all know. Follow us at In The Clutch Pod. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We interact all day, every day via Instagram every and day. Twitter. Follow um, us, man. Interact with us, man. Show us yeah. some love, y'all. Seriously, we, we have some good questions to ask our audience. Yeah. We would love for you guys to join in. Um, you can check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Subscribe. Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts. Apple Music is coming. It's on the way. Oh, it's Don't worry. I, I promise y'all with all my heart, we gonna get Apple. We gonna it's get coming. Apple to mess with us. It's coming. But in the meantime, there's no excuse because everybody's on YouTube. So check us out on YouTube. Um, Subscribe, out, like, all that us, stuff, share. Please. Um, and yeah, this is In The Clutch Podcast. I'm Nia. I am Malik. And... We will see y'all next episode. Doses.